Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Hear, Hear, my audiobook podcast. I'm excited to share that my third story is complete and ready to share with you soon. This story is called Bigger Than Ourselves. It's actually a collection of several short stories within a year in the life of a parish. Each chapter follows a different character, and gradually, their lives of faith twist and turn to overlap and show the interconnectedness of community. I've bundled this new story with my previous two into a compilation book called Go Your Way, Stories from Our Lives of Faith. I'm excited to share that it will be available on Amazon starting on April 10th, which is Easter Monday. As always, you can visit my link tree for more information. Go to linktr.ee slash danmasterton. That's l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e slash danmasterton. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at this lad Dan. Here's the back of the book summary for the new story. St. Brendan Parish has been designated Needs Review by the newly initiated Diocesan Parish Review Process. This means something is bound to change, and many fear bad news. All the while, parish life goes on. Youth nights, food pantry distributions, Sunday masses, parish council meetings, and more. Bigger Than Ourselves digs into the lives of the people that make up St. Brendan Parish. From teens to elderly parishioners, from parents with kids to celibate parish priests, each one of them has a story to explore. In some ways, each of these stories are uniquely each their own. Yet, at the same time, they're also experiences that are deeply shared. These people and their stories make up St. Brendan Parish. Together, they find themselves a part of something interconnected and communal, and come to identify how they can be the hands and feet that carry their community forward in Christ. To whet your appetite ahead of the book's release on April 10th, I want to share the opening pages. Here you quite literally get the lay of the land. This is your introduction to St. Brendan Parish, an encounter with the grounds and buildings that sets the table for meeting the people that animate this campus with life. Enjoy! In a Midwestern suburb with a four-season climate, a modest but steadfast church rises gently above the residential rooflines of its neighborhood. Tucked against the hubbub of one of the town's major thoroughfares on one side, but facing a sleepy middle-class neighborhood on the other, St. Brendan Church straddles the space between quotidian quiet and hustling hubbub. Not a bad place for a church, really, figuratively or geographically. The church was built big and strong, almost as if it were old from its first days, back in early 20th century like so many others. Parishes really knew how to build churches back then. Now we're lucky if we can repave a parking lot or retrofit an entrance for accessibility without major foofaraws. Over the many years, the good people of St. Brendan had plugged metaphorical holes and kept the old house humming without major dilapidation. An aerial view of the sprawling parking lot betrays this quickly. The parking lot's patchwork of darker blacks, faded blacks, and striped gray sections held together by tarry strips visually pays tribute to the piecemeal maintenance the community could afford. The array of yellow lines, shining and fading with various levels of wear, helps the mass-goers navigate this mixed terrain, preferring back-ends and pull-throughs as Catholics often do. Tucked into the corner of the property, at the junction of that main road and the side street that enters the neighborhood, A modest rectory serves as command center. The ground floor sits a five-step climb from the parking lot. 
There, a reception desk in a front room with dated easy chairs greet visitors. Beyond the desk sits a smattering of mismatched rooms that function as home base for the parish's priests, the director of youth and young adult ministry, the part-time food pantry manager, and a few others, plus some bullpen desks and a break room for volunteers and ministry leaders who need a place to set up shop. The upper floor had four ensuite rooms, a marker of a time when parishes had four priests or more. Now two rooms sit empty, occasionally playing host to guests, while two rooms remain in use. The pastor and associate pastor rest their heads here. Each have a bedroom, full bathroom, and personal sitting room to themselves. The doors of the four suites open to what's essentially an oversized landing at the top of the stairway that leads up from the ground floor. The staircase sits behind a closed door to attempt a modicum of privacy for the priest's residence, an effort which is often unsuccessful. This landing functions as a shared living space and a spot for hospitality. There you find the kitchen and appliances, a sizable eat-in kitchen table, and a nice wall-mounted TV beside a modern oversized sectional couch and coffee table that stuck out like a sore thumb in the old rectory. The one very nice thing among a hodgepodge of mishmash. Outside the rectory, across from a small green space that is both a front lawn for the rectory and an ecological and aesthetic break from blacktops, a small temporary trailer has made a more or less permanent home at St. Brendan. The parish funds regular food distributions, and this old double-wide is the venue. The space inside is versatile enough to accommodate the circular traffic flow and simple enough to maintain on a shoestring budget. On the opposite side of the lot stands the old school building. Disused hallways house old shoebox offices and about two dozen classrooms. The dusty floors and world-beaten lockers had been out of commission for years. The school once hosted the education of 500 elementary and junior high school students, but those days had passed decades ago. When the expense of demolition was too steep, the diocese helped the parish retrofit stuff like HVAC and electricity so that the gym and a few nearby classrooms could be maintained separately while the rest of the building could fall out of use. The ceiling-mounted basketball hoops are mostly folded up these days but the lacquered hardwood, stacks upon stacks of chairs, and old theater stage still get a good bit of use. On the exterior wall of the school gym, staring across the lot at the church, is the old logo of St. Brendan Catholic School. At one time, it could be considered to be emblazoned on the yellowy-brown brick wall. Now, it'd be more accurate to call it a remnant. Nestled between a boarded-up window and a wall-mounted outdoor basketball hoop, the weathered but persistent image endures. A strong stanced figure stands behind the helm of a ship. His or her telescope is fixed on a point in the distance. A retro, perhaps timeless script font brings it all home. Navigators. The saint for whom this community is named once set out for the promised land of the saints, or something. St. Brendan may or may not have ever found what he was looking for. The legends of his voyage are mixed and cloudy. Yet either way, we do generally believe some important things most definitely happened. He was educated by the Holy Saint Ida. He founded a monastery that endured. And one way or another, he came to be known for a famous and faithful, or fateful, journey of some kind. Now his name rests on this building, on this church, on this community. Here St. Brendan's flagship is the new old church. A half-circle sanctuary, reverse-engineered from the original cruciform design. The arms of the cross got blown out a bit to add space around what became a semicircular nave. 
the head of the cross still hosts the sanctuary and altar, with sacristy space on either side, and the foot of the cross still gives way to an overcrowded yet resourceful vestibule space. A classic center aisle runs the length of the cross, connecting the entryway straight on toward the tabernacle. Two secondary aisles run at 45-degree angles from the ends of the altar back to the radial rear walls. A few narrow columns of abstract stained glass invite a few colorful columns of light into the holy air, while the majority of the walls are sparser, just staggered brick and high-set picture windows. The space is filled with old-style pews fitted with cushioned kneelers that quickly told you where pious knees regularly landed. The creak of the wood is charming to most, annoying to many, and the children love the thuds the hymnals and missalettes can make against the hard wood pew shelves. From the itty-bitty green lawn of the rectory to the fieldhouse ceilings of the mildly preserved parish hall gym, St. Brendan endures. It is hardly a shining beacon of light on the hill, but it is a steady and reliable street lamp in a busy, weary, and too often dimly lit world. For all the charm or rust of an old campus, we all best know that the church isn't a building. It's a body. And a body isn't made of bricks or glass, but of bones and sinew. The body of Christ beats with a heart, walks with moving feet, and reaches out with living hands. The call of these people and their lives and their action is to be part of someone, Christ, and something, Christ Church, bigger than themselves. St. Brendan lives in the lives of its parishioners. This is St. Brendan's story, and that story is the story of people, these people. Thanks for listening. I look forward to sharing this third story with you through my book, Go Your Way. It will be available on Amazon starting on April 10th. Visit my link tree at linktr.ee slash danmasterton or follow me on Twitter and Instagram at thisladdan for full info and updates. Until next time, may you recognize the Lord beside you as Christ walks with us on our way. Cheers. <laughs>